0: Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. I'm graduating in just a couple of short weeks. I'm going to be in need of a job, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got uh, another interesting show, another one of those shows where where I will take a look at a list. This one is by ArizonaSports.com, and they they ranked the the five, or they didn't even rank it, but they just listed the five best Diamondback opening day performances in franchise history. So I just... (coughs) (coughs) <coughs> oh, excuse me. Had a had a quick cough there. But yeah, we'll just go through this list, see what we agree with, you know, see what they had to say about these games. We'll just give our own ...opinion on these games as well. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks@gmail.com at gmail.com to find out more. Now... The first game that is on this list is the Arizona Diamondbacks on April 2nd, 2017. And this is one that was headlined by A.J. Pollock, you know. A.J. Pollock, he was a pretty good Diamondbacks player. In 2015, he was an All-Star, but, you know, 2016... It was a pretty injury-riddled season for him, so he slowed down just a little bit. 2015, he he was his best season as a Diamondback. He batted .315. He had 20 home runs, even stole 39 bases, won a gold glove, even finished 14th in MVP voting. So he really did a little bit of everything in the season. OBP, nearly .370, so he was definitely a stud and just a beast. Then 2016, he was only limited to, to 12 games, so... 2017 it was his chance to make a name for himself once again and reignite that that flame not just that he had but show but show the world that he can still be the kind of player that he was back in 2015 when he was an all-star so it was against the San Francisco Giants this game and he did just that. He went 3-for-5 with two RBIs and two runs scored, and the D-backs ended up winning this game 6-5. to five. Pollock just went completely off. He went berserk in this game. He had a two-run homer in the sixth to tie it up at three, and he would later go on to score off a Goldschmidt single, yes. Remember the good old days when Paul Goldschmidt was bring home, A.J. Pollock. But, you know, we don't support A.J. Pollock anymore. He's canceled now for his comments while in L.A. Dodger. But that's besides the point. After the D-backs gave up a run in the ninth, they answered with one in the bottom half with a Pollock uh, advancing on a single by Daniel Descalso to third, who later scored on a Chris Owings walk-off single. So A.J. Pollock was just instrumental in this game. He had a two-run homer that tied it. He was able to be the winning run scored in this game. So it was definitely a great coming out party after being so injured in 2016 and not really contributing to the team in 2016. He was able to make his mark in the first game of 2017, and he went on to have a pretty solid 2017 campaign. He only batted 266, which is a far cry from his all-star season. He only had 20 stolen bases, so that came down a little bit. 14 home runs but he did only play 112 games so uh, once again he wasn't able to complete a full season uh really if you look at his numbers 2015 was the only year that he played in more than 140 games and before the 2015 season the second most games he played was 137 and then before that he's never even cracked 120 games so he only has two seasons in his career, if I count this up real quick, six, eight years, he only has two seasons where he's played at least 120 games. So A.J. Pollock is always the guy who's on the cusp of getting injured, and he's not really a everyday outfielder, as one might think. Now, the second game on this list is an April 3rd game from the 2001 season, the year that the D-backs won the World Series. And this one is Gonzo going deep in the D-backs win. On this opening day, Luis, Gonzalo, <laughs> Luis Gonzalez hit a two-run bomb off Dodgers reliever Jose Nunez in the top of the seventh. And that would be the difference in this one in the D-backs' 3-2 win against the uh, L.A. Dodgers. It was fitting because this would be you know, Gonzo's first home run of the season on opening day, but this would also be the first home run On the on the stretch on the run to hitting his career high fifty seven home runs, which is one of the all time best seasons you could ever do. It's one of the all time best single seasons for a home run mark, and Gonzo was just so instrumental, as UD backs fans know, to to that team, to that two thousand one team, and he was just such he was really their only, you know, uh, elite elite offensive player. I mean. He's even led the league, and he didn't even lead the league in home runs that year, which is which is surprising because you think 57 you would, but not that year. And that year, he also finished third in MVP voting. His, his OBP was 4.29. He batted 3.25, 142 ribbies. The guy was insane. 198 hits, 128 runs. Gonzo was just insane that year, and he and he really helped the D-backs. He was the key offensive piece. I really helped the D backs get over the hump and win their first and only championship in franchise history. And I believe they're the only team in the valley to win a championship out of the four major sports the Coyotes, the Cardinals, the Suns, and the D backs. I believe the D backs are the only one to win a World Series in the, not World Series, but championship in the valley. And you could just point that Gonzo is one of, being one of the key pieces as to why, uh, That is true. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I want to order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKDOWN. That's code LOCKDOWN for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, all right, all right, let's get back to the list and continue reading what the Arizona sports think are the five best opening days in D-backs history. And let's go with the next one, March 31st, 1999, or excuse me, 1998, and this was actually their very first game, the very first game and opening day in D-backs franchise history. And this game wasn't one that the D-backs actually won. That's why, that's why the game wasn't important. It wasn't important whether they won or, lo- or lost this game. It was important because it was the first game that they've had. It was their inaugural game into the world of baseball. This was the first time they got to showcase to the fans in Arizona and to the rest of the baseball world what kind of team they are and what kind of a team they expected to be. The team overall itself wasn't too good in this season. But they did have a guy on the team that had a pretty interesting story, especially when it comes to this specific opening day. The second overall pick from the 1996 Major League draft was Travis Lee. He was drafted by the Minnesota Twins, but they didn't offer him a contract. So instead, he signed with the D-backs two years before they even had their first game. It was a $10 million contract. D-backs weren't even around yet. It was two years before they even played a game. He started at first base in their first game ever in franchise history, and it didn't take Lee too long to make history himself in franchise history. He had a single in the first inning off Colorado Colorado starter Daryl Kyle, and that would be the first hit in D-backs history. And then in the sixth inning, he would also hit the franchise's first ever home run, a solo shot off Kyle in the sixth inning. So even though they lost this game, it was important because it was the first game that the D-backs were introduced to the world of Major League Baseball. April 1st, 2002, picking up where he left off. That is what they titled this game, Arizona Sports Did. That's because Randy Johnson won the Cy Young Award in 2001 and was the World Series co-MVP with Kurt Schilling. And on a day where Phoenix's first MLB Pro Championship was celebrated, uh, Johnson, he was showing again why he is or was the most Dominant pitcher of his era because as I said, the they he actually wrote here that he the D-Backs were the first Phoenix team to win a pro championship. I still think they're the only team. And Randy Johnson came out just beaming dudes, not beaming dudes in the on their body, but beaming the strike zone just came out. Lefty threw a six-hit shutout while striking out eight and a two-nothing win over the Padres at Chase Field. He ended the game with a punch out on San Diego shortstop Delvy Cruz, and there was a lot of fans in attendance that got to watch this game. Almost 50,000 fans, and Randy Johnson just basically said, hey, we know we're the defending World Series champs, but we're going to go out there and we're going to act like we haven't been there before. And he went out there and he put on a dominant display, showed why he deserved to be a Cy Young Award and a co-MVP in the World Series. And he was just dominant. Six hits, but no runs, a complete game shutout, struck out eight. That's just the kind of thing that Randy Johnson did on a a regular basis because no one could stop him. The man was 6'10". He led the league in strikeouts many times over. led the league in innings pitch many times over. He's just a workhorse. And he put that all on display on this day. April 6, 2009. Twitch hitting leadoff man Felipe Lopez was setting the tone in this one when he came to his first at bat as a Diamondback. Batting from the left side, Lopez took Colorado starter Aaron Cook deep to left and that gave an Arizona one nothing lead with his solo shot. And then in the third inning, Tony Clark actually had a two-run home run as well off Aaron Cook. Leading off the fourth, Lopez turned around on the right side, actually. This time, he hit another home run. So first on the left side, now on the right side. And this one was off Colorado Rockies reliever Glendon Rush. And then in the seventh, Tony Clark actually did the same thing. He switched to his left side this time and hit a bomb as well in the seventh inning, giving the D-backs an 8-7 lead. They would go on to win 9-8. Lopez and Clark became the first switch-hitting teammates to each homer from both sides of the plate in a game since Ho- since in a game since Jorge Posada and Bernie Williams did in 2000, and the first duo to accomplish the feat on Opening Day, which is something you're you're not even surprised at, am I right? I mean, there's not too many for a switch hitter just in a game itself to hit a home run on both sides of the plate. is tough, but to have a teammate that do it that does it on the same day as you, the odds of that happening is Astronomical. And then to be doing it on opening day just makes it that much harder when you know teams definitely want to start the season on a high note. The win was a bittersweet one though, however, cause starting pitcher Brandon Webb left the game after four innings with discomfort in his shoulder. He'll be the last time he ever pitched in a big league game again. And Brandon Webb uh, just won those careers where you just say, Hey, what if? Yeah, what 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 could have been if he stayed healthy? He had a pretty short career. Only pitched from 03 to 09, and he was a a very good pitcher when he played, when he did make starts. If you look at some of his numbers, his second to last year, the 2009 season was last season. In 2008, he was an all-star, 22 wins from 06 to 08. He finished second in Cy Young Award voting at least twice and actually won it in 07, or excuse me, actually won it in, in 06 to 08. He finished at least second three times in 06, he won it. And he was just a guy that was a workhorse as well. Was this? One, two, three, four, five straight years. He had at least two hundred innings pitched. He had a career three two seven ERA. The guy could do a little bit of everything. And he was a really good pitcher. He had some struggles with walks early in his career. But outside of that, guy was pretty dominant. He's one of those guys that you say, Hey, you know, I wonder what could have been if him on my team with a Randy Johnson for a little bit longer because Randy Johnson uh, did overlap a little bit with Brandon Webb because he pitched until 09 and he was with the D backs to 04. So they had a couple years where they pitched together. That 04 season was really the the best time that they overlapped because Randy Johnson was 40 years old, but he was still a, a, an all star pitcher at a 2.6 ERA. And he has your Brandon Webb as your number two. So those two guys are really making. A dominant one-two punch at the top of the rotation for the D-backs. And just sad that we didn't get to see the full prosperity of what could have been with Brandon Webb's career because of one of those nasty freak injuries that you see sometimes to athletes. Thank you everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks. Go tell your Alexa device to play the newest edition of the Locked On Fantasy MLB Draft. I hope everyone is staying up to date with that so you can stay up to date with your news, rankings, and anything related to fantasy baseball. Hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy and staying inside. Peace!